What's up, everybody? This is the Survivors of Addiction podcast. Brandon Orr speaking right here. With me always is... Christy Lashober. And my fearless, our fearless leader... Stephanie Mendenhall. You guys, today, we got somebody from our community that really puts it down for recovery, for the kids, for his community, for the Latino community, Um, a part of our organization. We're super, super blessed to have him here today, you guys. We got Rico Gutierrez in the house. Say what's up, Rico. What's up, what's up? How nervous are you on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, 11. He's on a 12 and a half there, boss. (laughs) There's no reason for that. Well, you know, Rico, I want to let you know, um, nerves are good. Right, yep. Yep. getting getting I'm uncomfortable alive. is what they say. Um, we're super freaking glad to have you here today, man. Thank you for and we're me. ready to take this on, and uh, we really want to just get. We really want Rico on today because his story is super powerful. He's got, you know, trials and tribulations just like the rest of us, and the way he walked through them, um, especially today with thirteen or fourteen years clean. Fourteen. Fourteen. Don't get it. Don't catch him slipping. <laughs> fourteen years clean. He's really done the work, you guys. Yeah. He's, you know dives in both feet all the way to his knees he doesn't give up he's willing to help and reach out to anybody so we're going to get to know our dude today rico right on thanks for being here thanks again Mm -hmm. you know what we love the most rico where i'm at with you the most is i i love your passion um Mm -hmm. not just for like you're very selfless you know you you're 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 I admire you because you're good at putting yourself, putting others before yourself, you know, putting yourself last, being more selfless. Um, We decided to have you on today because we really admire the things you do. You know, you're involved with the Latino community. The way you give back to the kids in this county is crazy, dude. Like, that's what we need, right? Those are our generation. Correct. Um, You can call Rico right now. This boy going to show up. He's gonna <laughs> That's show, so true. Hey, he's going to show up and he's going to have somebody <laughs> in the passenger side with him. He's going to be ready for whatever it is, good, bad, or ugly. And, you know, and he never says no. And the part is, is he's always smiling. Yeah. Like, I can't get him yeah. to not stop. I, everywhere we go, Rico, what's up, guys? And it's, yeah. just, it's just full of love. And it's just, it's one of the big things, Rico, that we admire most about you yeah. is Thank where you. you're at, you know? Um. I kind of just want to dive right in. What do you guys think? Let's do it. Let's, Let's just dive it. right in. I think it's going to be good. I want to talk, Rico, a little bit about your early years. Okay. You know, let's start with, where were you born? I was born here in Ashley, Medford, Oregon. Okay. Um, I was uh, here for about um, two weeks, and then I went to Mexico. <laughs> so, literally, I uh, my parents at the um, at the time... You know, they didn't have a place to really stay and whatnot. So they thought if we get the family into Mexico and they stay behind, they'll be able to work and raise some money and be able to get, you know, a place for us to stay all together as a family. So I ended up spending a few years in Mexico and uh, with an aunt. And um, once they got established, you know, that we, we went back to the USA. And uh, the thing is, is you... We got to keep in mind that I come from a migrant working family, um, right. agricultural. So they move a lot. So that's why they decided to say, let's, let's keep them up into a safe place right now. And then when we're ready, we'll get them all back together. And right. that's exactly what happened. So, uh, again, they're migrant workers. Uh, they got hired at Reed Fruit Company. Unfortunately, the company's not around anymore. But they were able to give them housing. 
Mm-hmm. And that was so great for, for, for us as a family. So we all lived together and, uh, you know, again, just work. I, I got to tell you, because that's a big thing for me is my work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that my dad taught me yeah. and uh, my, my mom. And, and it's, I mean, honestly, she that's that's one thing I'm very proud of. It, it today's day work ethic is so important. <laughs> so I'm so glad because it's so important. I I love work ethic. Tell me a little bit about it, what what it was like growing up in Mexico. So uh, honestly, I, I wish for I can, Rico. I, I can I can give you. I wish I can give you details, but it was so long ago. <laughs> um, but it was different. I mean, the, obviously the culture is different. The language is different. Um, but when you're, when you're with family, family's family, so they will do the best to take care of you. So I, I have to say this: I felt the love. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, it, just in the community itself, um, it's a little ranch. Uh, it's called La Colonia Felipe Angeles. So there's maybe about 200 people that live there. So huh. it was small community. So it was good. It was good. How do you say that slow? Oh, um, <laughs> La Colonia Felipe Angeles. Okay. Like, okay. Or in English. <laughs> or in English. What does that mean? <laughs> that was. I just want to say, like, that's one of my favorite. I love. Them. I love that accent. Mm. <laughs> I roll my R's. I wish I could. It's because I'm part Portuguese, so I got that. You I know what I mean? Right, right, right. So is there a translation for the ranch? Um, actually, there really isn't, oh, you know. Okay. But thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in case you well, wanted no. to know. So, Rico, thanks for sharing that with us. I'm curious about... When you, how old were you when you moved over to America again? So I was about five years old then. Okay. Um, so coming here with... With the language barrier was 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 big for me. Um, going to you know first grade and not really knowing your one two threes and the ABCs, uh, um, it was definitely culture so, shock. Uh, big time culture shock. Um, you know, kids can be mean. Um, they just say what they want. <laughs> kids and, can be brutal. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just dealing with all that, you know, it, it, it was a struggle, but we we got through it. Um, I learned that you know at you, you cannot pee outside. Oh. You, you use the restroom. Um, so, you know, there's little things like that that I had to catch on. Um, oh, there's my nephew Ezekiel. Yeah. I can see him right now. <laughs> so, yeah, things like that. It, uh, and I got to bring this up because by second grade, I was already getting myself in trouble. What? I, I, I pulled the fire alarm. Um, whoa, so, whoa, whoa. And, yeah, what made you want to do that, bro? Well, Let's talk about that for well, a quick second. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. I got double dog there. So. Oh. <laughs> you can't I, escape I, a double can, dog. You can't. Not in no. second grade, you dude. So, so it was <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the fire department came, the ambulance, oh, no. and uh, this is back in the day when you could paddle your kids. Yeah, so. It's the 80s, right? Yeah. Oh, it's the 80s, the so, good 80s. Yeah, so they made the call. and uh, You'd be lucky the all, teachers didn't go paddle ahead you. And, go ahead and warm them up. For me, yeah. So, so by, yeah. By the end of that, they knew who Rico was. Right, huh? right. Everybody knew who Rico was by the end of that. So this all happened in Phoenix. This little town, oh, Phoenix. Wow. Oh, Phoenix, Oregon, I right here. To, yeah, I went to Phoenix Elementary. I went to Talent Middle School and Phoenix High School. <laughs> Phoenix kid. Right. And I can see him as a little you know, kid doing those kind of. You know, pranks. regardless, you're definitely born in Southern California. You're definitely raised up in. Mexico, but you're an Oregon boy, bro. No, I'm no, you were born here. I was born here. Oh, born here? Yeah, I was born My here. My bad, dude. Hey, can <laughs> we edit <laughs> that? World uh, <laughs> <laughs> Valley like, Medical Center. What are you talking about? I thought he said Southern California in my uh, head. I was reading. No. Okay, we're going to definitely have to take that one out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He's, nope. He I'm says, glad nope. he said that, though, because <laughs> I think people think Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Right, Yeah, right. that's good. Yeah, Phoenix, that. Oregon. It's a, small. It's, it's a small little town over here in Southern Oregon. Um, literally, 
you'll drive right by it on the I-5 and won't even know you passed it. Mm -hmm. So, Rico, I have... I want to ask you something, and it's super uncomfortable. I mean, Chris, you just kind of want to run through this with you real fast, if you don't mind. Um, growing up in Phoenix, did when when was it that you and did you experience racism as a child growing well, up in Phoenix? That is an uncomfortable subject, but it does happen, and yeah. it's continued to happen. Um, not for me so much, but I see it. I see it. Um, even even in the program, I, I have kids that start isolating, start hanging out, you know, start clicking up. And right away, I'm like, no, we're going to work together as a team. Mm. But what I really identified in that moment was when I was in elementary school, junior high, all through, through, through school. And um, it was the name calling um, that really got under my skin. Mm. and that's From what, other kids? From other kids, yeah. you know, because uh, there was only, what, 10 Hispanics in the school. My sisters, my cousins, and a couple more. So, yeah, we're a minority. And uh, I understand that we weren't there illegally. You know what I mean? I, my parents, fortunately, they were able to get a lawyer, and now they're citizens. But at that moment, we're different. Mm. So yeah. people who don't know who we are, different to them means uh, we can't talk to you or you're right. not cool enough to, to mm. hang out with us or whatnot. And it did, it did, it did take a big part of my life because uh, by uh, junior high and high school, I started getting really physical with people. Um, when the name calling started, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you what's up." Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I would win. I would make sure because that was my thing. I gotta win because if not, I'm gonna deal with the consequences with my dad when I get home. Mm -hmm. See, my dad. Um, I can't say that he showed me racism, but in a way he did. Mm. Um, I didn't have any white friends. I, they couldn't come over and sleepovers and things like that. Um, and I understand in his head, uh, you're illegal in the country and you're pretty much hiding all the time mm -hmm. um, because immigration was at the food for less, immigration was at the laundry mats, et cetera. Yep. So I built this thing that white people had to get me. You know what I mean? I better be careful. I better be careful what I say, you know, heard and not be seen. And uh, I got fed up with it. I said, you know what? I'm going to take a stand. Mm. And I did it the wrong way. Mm. I did it with my fist. Wow. Instead and of your voice? Instead of my voice. So I started getting hands down, some beat downs. And uh, by a sophomore year, they asked me, why are you even here? Mm. You know, you got like one credit. Uh, you're f always getting <laughs> physical with people. Um, maybe this is not the thing for you. So that's when I dropped out. So that's that was crazy. the big, big impact on, on, on me was the racism. I'm sorry you had to deal with that, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And then it it's, seems like a lot of fear, I'm sure, um, your dad, because he wants to protect you. But then what that creates is more racism and then you fighting and then creates prison and all of that stuff. So I know right now it's still a big topic in the world. Do you think it's getting better? I think people are more willing to be educated now. And talk about it. Talk about it. That was well said. And that's the key. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Let's important. educate ourselves. Yeah, it's one thing to be curious. I always talk about that. It's, you know, because we, we can have all these ideas and opinions, but unless we say, hey, you know, what kind of food do you like? Or, you know, just ask questions mm -hmm. and kind of yeah. um, immerse yourself into other cultures, which what I have found is the coolest thing, right. you know? So it's so, and I think that's what's so great about you knowing that. So now you're like with the kids, hey, let's come together. 
You bet. You know, I, I used to, I worked for the Housing Authority, and I had an opportunity to actually open Lilac Meadows. Mm-hmm. Lilac Meadows is an uh, apartment complex that has uh, migrant workers, and the other half is Section 8. Mm-hmm. So this is a brand new complex. So Rico, you're hired. Make these people get along. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, <Ta-da>! so, <laughs> so right away, you know, you start seeing again the people segregating themselves. You see the white kids playing with them, the Mexicans playing with them, and and yes, we did have two separate playgrounds, but it doesn't mean one owned the other playground and the other had to go to the other one. And I said, you know what? We can't run. A pro- I wanted to create a program, mm-hmm. and I can't run a program seeing that. So I created this after school program. And I actually had uh, uh, volunteers that came to the community center because we had a huge community center. And I had about 66 kids in the, in the program. And they were there to help them out. Um, we had uh, snacks after school. Um, we had like a Friday night movie night, um, you know, because you've got to reward the kids. You know, when you're doing something positive, there's got to be a reward to it, right? Mm. So me being able to do that, you know, really defined of how – really not different we are um so true and and i was able to you know with the same kids i was able to create four soccer teams uh we named it just for kicks Mm. (laughs) i remember that that was you this is is so long ago i I, i'm actually was uh i don't know if you can still look it up but it was on medford meltribute i i gotta be uh um hometown hero Aww. I don't know if you guys remember that. They used to do that back in the back day. Back in the day, hometown <laughs> yeah. heroes. So I was able to, to do that. And uh, just seeing the kids, you know, I had te- I had uh, parents call me, hey, man, I can't get these kids to take these, these cleats off. Uh, they were <laughs> sleeping in the bed with these cleats on, you know, because they were able to get their uniform. I had sponsors, and uh, they got uniforms. They got brand-new click, mm-hmm. uh, click, cleats, and uh, they were able to play. Um so it was it was a great thing. I mean, right there, I knew that we could beat this. Right. You know, it's going to take a little time. I love, I love, I love, I love what you said about having the conversation. Because you know why I don't have conversations about math? Because I don't know about it. It's that simple. About math? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, just as an analogy, you know, like, yeah. I don't talk about things I don't know about. Yeah. Well, this is something that I'd like to be better educated on. And we talk about this a lot um, when we're in our war room and we're talking about moving forward in our organization. So I'm super glad you said that because you can't be afraid to have the tough conversations. No, you, you got to be able to face that. So we know, mm-hmm. you know, if we hide it, that's where it stays. It stays hidden. You put it out in the open. That's where it goes out in the open for everybody to see kind of like our recovery. Right. right. Exactly. And then, and, and then that it squashes stigma, you know, like we say, even people that are in addiction may separate themselves out from people that aren't in addiction. And it's like, we're so big on community, right, yep. you know, bridging that, um, you know, that gap so that we understand the people that aren't and vice versa. And then it's just whole, you know, this whole loving community that, um, you know, it doesn't separate us. True. Right. Right. I love it. How old were you when you started getting like into the drugs and alcohol? Um, I was about 11 years old. Uh, I was along, uh, around a lot of alcohol. Um, uh, my dad, uh, I'll start from way back. My, my great-grandpa, my grandpa, and now my dad, we fought roosters. So I was around that every weekend. So there was always alcohol and some drugs involved. 
And uh, what I would do is because it would be at my house, um, right? Up in the ranch, up in Phoenix, up in, in the orchards. Um, I would take the, I would see the beer cans that are not being opened and drank. So mm-hmm. I would start stashing them for myself. <laughs> totally. And uh, I started just drinking by myself, and uh, I felt great. I mean, the first drink, I was. Better looking, yeah. uh, was a better dancer. In I, your eyes. So, I even started speaking Spanish, and no, I'm just checking. I was, I was, I was, I was already speaking Spanish. And then all of a sudden, he was like, hey. <laughs> but seriously, you do it. And then I was like, you know what? I got to be that good kid and start sharing with the rest of the neighborhood kids. Mm. So, like yeah. sharing your yeah. alcohol. Yeah, sharing the alcohol. I don't so. want to do this by myself no more. Right? <laughs> hey, Tommy, what so, you doing? Unfortunately, that... that that tagged me as the bad kid in the neighborhood. Oh. So probably immediately. Yeah, immediately. You're right. So yeah, and uh, unfortunately, just I just kept drinking myself, uh, and uh, it just progressed. It really progressed. Uh, by high school, I was already doing you know the the weed. I didn't get into the hard drugs yet. Uh, but the age of uh, 18, I already did some time upstate. But we'll go into that later. But my main thing was is just trying to fit in. I was trying to fit in with different crowds, and uh, I just had that identity crisis that I just couldn't really identify myself. Um, It's not so much that what happened to me in the past as far as the racism and things like that, that I was, you know, shunned. It's just I just didn't feel part of. Mm -hmm. Um, I just walked around with this emptiness inside me, and uh, I just kept sick in different crowds. Like you just kept like, maybe this crowd, maybe this crowd, maybe that crowd, oh, yeah, just kind of transferring I, I back and forth. I was the stoner. I was the skateboarding kid. I, I mean, BMX. I just tried different things to fit in. Right. Um, even like even as adults, we still try to fit in with yeah, different that's crowds. Common. Right. It's mm-hmm. common. But you know, at that time, I was like, you know, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm funny. I mean, I drink. I mean, let's let's kick it. And uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't like that, you know. It, so it is what it is. And uh, um, I, I could see that the world's changing now. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it ain't like it was back then. I pinky promise you that. Right. Well, with that lost identity, did you find yourself getting into trouble trying to figure out who you were? Oh, definitely. I did hang out with definitely the wrong crowd. Um, like I what? Def- knuckle-ups and stuff like knuckle that? Knuckle-ups. What? Uh, knuckle What's a knuckle-up? Fighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. oh definitely. Um, and that's why, you know, I ended my, my uh, career, let's say, as a student there at Phoenix High School because... I just started knuckling up um, um, when, when you know, this is the high school that, you know, the girls chewed and uh, um, everybody wore belt buckles and whatnot. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. The old school days. <laughs> really? Yeah. Back yeah, in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. Yeah. What you got so, in your pocket there, ma'am? Skull. <laughs> Are you serious? Serious? Wow. Even in the 90s, it was that way, dude. That's uh, a trip. So, yeah. So, I was trying to fit in with those kind of crowds and, you know. I just, it just wasn't me. It just wasn't me. So I just continued searching my, you know, to find out who I was. And, and, uh, uh, unfortunately doing the, the, the alcohol and the drugs, I found myself to be an addict, to be an alcoholic. And it took me some dark spaces, uh, dark places, uh, for sure. Um, you know, being a, going to prison at 18, you know, that, that, that was big for me. Um, I wasn't, you know, into that lifestyle at all. Um, I didn't really go to the juvenile department. I wasn't, you know, into that as far as breaking the law and everything, everything, you know, cause I, you know, my dad was very strict with us. He really was. Right. Um, you know, always to, to protect us. And, um, so that's how it kind of became for me. I'm glad that you brought up 
going to prison at 18 because I'd like to kind of like move into that kind of because it's kind of important for the listeners to hear exactly this because I know it was big for me at that age. Why did you go to prison? What landed you there? So what happened is, is I decided to shoplift at the Rogue Valley Mall. (laughs) And uh, it was diamond earrings and... um, Go big. Yeah. Or go uh, home. Right. And uh, what happened is the security guards, I guess they were watching me or whatever. And uh, I took off running and uh, I threw the earrings over the balcony and I got caught up at the food court or with two other security guards. So it got physical. I ended up hurting him pretty bad. Um, one of them got up. His socket got cracked and it, it it just it was stupid what i did straight up and uh the judge decided to give me a rob three and i'm gonna tell you why they said this because i had a diamond earring in my pocket still mm. um when i threw them there was still one in my pocket mm. and that what classified was a rob three used physical force um, so if steal. you would have just if you would have just ran away and just kind of submitted, it would have just been a theft. But because Correct. you put exactly, it would have been a shoplifting. Exactly, mm-hmm. pretty much. What a- so you know, unfortunately, you know, I I, I got a public attorney and uh, it just dump trucked on me, pretty much. And uh, I like to say this now, right now, that uh, he's clean and sober now. <laughs> <laughs> Your attorney, Your my attorney. Off. I actually see him in the rooms of, of recovery. Wow, good. And uh, yeah, we yeah. were able to make amends. Wow. So, um, he helped me help my daughter on a couple situations. So. <laughs> we'll call it hey, even now. Yeah. <laughs> I need some help there. I want yeah. to, I wa- you just said something that I would like the viewers here to talk about that living amends that you made with your attorney. Like, why would why would you feel you had to make an amends with him, or why did you feel um, like he had to make an amends with you? Because um, when all that situation happened, I, I had this anger inside me. Okay, right away, it's like, oh, you know, you just don't believe me. You're racist. You're this. You're that. You know, clearly, I, I don't, I'm not, I've never been to county jail. And right away, I'm getting sent to prison. I just didn't get a fair shake. I'm really proud of you for that. Um, even when we're, ladies and gentlemen, it's like, even when we have a piece in it, we can't put the blame on other people. You got to own your shit. Yeah. You got to own your stuff, dude. That's the part of an amends I love, I love the most is knowing what your role was in it. So whether that person decides to accept it or not, your side of the street is clean. And that's Correct. what we need to worry about. So Correct. thank you for sharing that with us. So talk a little bit about prison. What, what was that like for you? Well, actually, it's definitely eye-wakener for me. Um, what prison did you land at? OSCI. I, I, yeah, I ended up, I don't know how I ended up, but I was in, uh, you know, medium security. Medium max. And, yeah. yeah, medium max. So I was there for 10 months before I got moved to the minimum security at uh, Cow Creek. So I was there finishing the time. Oh, that, that was I a got. long time ago. That was a very long time ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I can't tell you I learned from it. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you that I got scared and got scared straight. Uh, 18 days after I got out, I was in there again uh, mm. for an assault charge, and their assault charge. Um, so, yeah, it worked for people. Um, some people just don't want to go back there again. Uh, to me, it just made me a better criminal. I got to, I got to, to get it more educated, um, mm. and that's when I started getting involved with the gangs. And um, it just went south from there for me, honestly. Did you call it Cow Creek? <laughs> He did say coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Mill Creek. Coffee. Oh, Mill yeah. Creek. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah. they, had, they changed that such a long time ago. Yeah, that's Mill how Creek long now. it's been. So when you got involved with the gangs, mm-hmm. 
what was that like how did that initiate like what was that like because i i've been to person's been to prison i understand how some gangs work different than other gangs initiations are totally different and you being hispanic there's a there's a there's like a there's like an order to it correct so when you're in prison you you know that we we segregate automatically yeah from your race from your color Mm -hmm. um sometimes you charge yeah so what you want to do is uh you're sparring numbers. So why not join a gang when you're in prison, when you're protected and, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But you're 18. Yeah. So I'm 18. I'm young. I'm, I'm scared. I ain't going to lie to you. And uh, um, so I joined. And uh, and it, uh, and again, you know, I'm not giving them any glory. Right, but, right, right. But I had to do what I had to do at that time. And uh, even when I got out, you know, I was still affiliated. And uh, I knew that that had to change. Um and uh, the state of Oregon didn't have a, a, a national gang task force at the time yet. Um, but when I was about 22 is when they started really getting down on the gangs. And uh, they created the gang task force. And they round us up and they took pictures of us. And they let us know if you guys two or more with, you know, walking to even in the mall together, you're considered a national gang activity going on. So, wow. yeah, so they were hard on it. And, and I right. understand. I understand why, you know. They also do this thing, <clears throat> pardon me, when you go to Coffee Creek and you get your intake and you go in there, the first thing they do is they want you obviously strip, right? And then you got to like kind of angel out and then they take pictures of all of your tattoos, yes, yeah. every single one. Yeah. And then they they make you sit for a minute and then they go through and they look for the gang tattoos and then they affiliate you and that's when they put you in the classified gang. Correct. So just so ladies and gentlemen out there know exactly how it works out. It's not like he walked over and said, yo, I'm in a gang now. Yeah, <laughs> classify me, people. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm over here waiting for you. Just to go ahead and throw me in a hole for six months for something I didn't do. Correct. No, but I just wanted to kind of shed light on how that's done. Um, do you do you still talk to any of your old gang member friends? You know, I still do. Um, even it was, even though it was clear to me not to come back, it was right, clear right. to me to remove the tattoos. Um, and I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I applied, and and uh, but you know what? A few l- years later, when I started this nonprofit, I actually had the, them actually call me and say, hey, "Can you help my son out?" Mm. So, I love that part. Right? I mean, us as fathers, right. us as parents, we don't want that for our kids. We really don't. That's right. Yeah. You know. So when you see your kid getting out of line, why not help him out? Why not find somebody that lift him up? Out? Correct. Mm. <laughs> What does gang loyalty today mean to you? Well, it it, it becomes a, it's a different meaning for me now. Right. Um, I well, understand where they're coming from um, as far as calling themselves a family. I get it. Right. Right. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, why not? You know, belong to somebody that 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 loves you. Right. Um, unfortunately, there's there's different ways that they earn their money, um, and different ways they show their love. Yeah. Correct. Um, so that wasn't for me, and right. uh, no disrespect to them and, and anybody else. I, like I said, I still talk to them. Uh, yeah. They knew who I still am. Still got love for them, yeah, man. You bet. You that's, just got to move forward and do you, boo-boo. Uh, yeah, that's your, yes, you, and this is me, you know, and it's, you know, stay in your own lane, bro. So to How speak, old you know? were you when you got out? I was 20 years old. What'd you do after that? After that, uh, 18 days later, I went to a, a party, mm. and... Um, there was a fight. There was a fight involved, and uh, one of the youngsters just didn't want to fight. And I, at that time, I felt, you know, I had to stick up for him. 
And I told him, I said, look, this guy doesn't want no trouble. And, uh, well, it, these guys were already drinking. I, I wasn't even drinking yet. And uh, he, uh, he pretty much went at me. He swung at me, hit me a couple times. I still tried to walk away from it. And, uh, and then he swung at me again. That's when I knew I just, you know, I got to defend myself. Mm. So he ended up uh, getting the bad end of it. Um, he right. ended up, I ended up breaking a 40-ounce bottle on his forehead, and he ended up having, uh, I believe, 11 or 12 staples in his head. And uh, so it let me back in prison again. Mm. So um, Not long no, after no, that. Wow. Not prison. I actually went to county. Okay. I went to county for that charge. And uh, back again, I obviously was able to make amends to him 10, 12 oh. years later mm. on at the at the gym, at International Gym. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, you know, because it, it's just something I had to do. Yeah, you know? bro. Um, because he does have that scar. Um, and when I saw him, I was like, wow. Mm. You know, so. We don't think about the consequences of our actions when we're doing them no. right then. I mean, you think about that, Rico. Like, that's a powerful moment right there. You walk in the gym. You see Homeboy. You see that scar in his head. Oh, yeah, and then you go up and make an amends. I went. This is why we love you, Rico. Yeah. And, How did uh, that go? Oh, he didn't give me a hug or anything. <laughs> but you know what um, he just shook his head. Mm. Um, and and keep in mind, it, it, making amends is not just for them; it's for you. Amen. To find that peace in in, yeah. in you, and that's the way a way that it's good um, that makes someone free. Correct. It makes you free, and hopefully, makes the other person Correct. feel a little more free. Right. Well said. That was beautiful. Rico, when you got out of county after that? Well, when after I got out, I had a, a parole officer. Um, he got me into the abuse, so I had to take that. No more and, drinking. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I tried. I ain't going to lie to you. I tried. <laughs> but you did. Eh? I knucklehead, bro. Sick? Yeah, did I got very sick. sick. Uh, knucklehead, what you expect? I brash, you Ooh. name it, sick stomach. I mean, yeah, it wasn't cool, but I had to try it. <laughs> I wonder what this will do. Right? Um and uh, it just went downhill. I mean, uh, um, this pro officer really wanted to get get me. Um, he knew that I was affiliated. He knew the things that I was doing. He just couldn't pin it down. So I went to his office one day, and uh, he had immigration there. Ooh. So they they tried to deport me, and I was like, you know, I'm in, born here. They're like, no, you're not. You're lying. You're from Zacatecas, blah, blah, blah. And uh, at the end of the story, my mom had to go get uh, the actual birth certificate from the from the Rogue Valley uh, Hospital, so I was able to get cleared from that. So, oh, how'd that feel, dude? It, it, it was it was crazy, man. I right? felt like I was in that movie, Born in East LA. And I'm like, whoa, you know? <laughs> 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 it's one of the moments where you're like, I told you, yeah. <laughs> I told you, yeah. I tried telling you, I'm one of my, I'm, I'm your people, right? I told you, John Wayne's the president. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh Rico. Um so as you after all that had happened and you continued down did you continue with drugs and alcohol after yes, that? I did. Just nonstop, non-stop. doing you make your money, make my money, partying, doing whatever Rico wanted to do. Yeah, pretty much. Just uh, living the Rico. Living the Rico life, seeing living. how long I can do it. And uh it just again took me some dark spaces and uh had to find my own demons. And I, well I, said. I, I had to get clean and sober, um, not just for me, but for my wife and my, my two beautiful girls. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I'm and, so glad you just said that. You no, know, So that's why, that was the main reason, you know, that I, I needed to change. I love that. And you, so how old were you when you decided to 
figure out what this recovery world is. Oh man, that was what twenty six, twenty seven, around that age. And how and how did um, it look to you, bro? It was so freaking hard, man. Right? Because I walk into thirty six South Central, and uh, um, oh wow, um, it was just. Smoky. And, uh, <laughs> it's always um, smoky in the beginning. Is that the AA? Yeah, office? that's okay. the AA office. Yeah, yeah. Right it over used there. to be the office. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, by our building, kind of. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I I didn't fit in. You know, what? Uh, I mean, I just yeah, don't say just because why? Right? Just because of the culture and everything, and, and me being Hispanic, and I walk in, and it's like all white, and I'm like, wow, these guys just don't know how to hang hang their alcohol. That's their problem. <laughs> Um, because, oh, wow. you know, because I, because I'm Mexican, I drink no, tequila right. and, and, you know, they just can't hang. No more Modelo. You're, right? different. <laughs> you're different. I'm different right? from them. Yeah. So, um, I ended up, uh, staying, uh, I ended up getting a sponsor and, uh, he helped me out to the steps and I, I, I even expressed to him how uncomfortable I was with this whole hugging and all, I love you and all that stuff. So he said, hey, I need you to go to this meeting and that was hole in the wall. Mm. I went to Zion Church over there, and uh, he made me a greeter. <laughs> oh, my God. I love dude. that. I was like, he said, yo, I don't like the hug. I got a dude, job I, for you. This is a good dude, sponsor. And that was one of the like, biggest meetings at right? that time. Hold them always has so, been, yeah. So, man, I hugged like 50, 60 guys that day, man. <laughs> and... Now I'm used to it. Now I'll hug you, smack you in your butt. Better. No, I do not. No, he doesn't. I do, 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 do Don't worry. I tip, I tip him out. <laughs> no. no. But you know what? Now I'm so comfortable with it now. You know what I mean? It's nothing like getting that hug and, you know, saying that I love you. I want to say, I want to point something out real quick because Rico and I, we had a pretty good talk the other day. And um, this doesn't happen for a lot of people. You still have that same sponsor. Yes, I do. Wow. I didn't know that. The same one. Yeah. That's amazing. Loyalty. Gang yeah. loyalty. We don't have to say his name, but like but I, I've known this guy it, since it, I was a little boy and he used to help me out when I was in the when I was in the system. He helped me out. He walked alongside me when my grandma died. Like he's a good dude. He so really like is. he told me who his sponsor was and for the sake of anonymity and we know how they are and he's an old timer, we'll keep it. But man, that guy has a piece of my heart, bro. I was so stoked to hear that that was your yeah. sponsor. He he's a great guy. I love him to death. Um, we're actually on my fifth step right now. We're, we're again, do, again doing the steps again, <laughs> and that's, that's awesome. okay. You know, right. we change. Yeah. We change. Yep. Well, so. you know, it's beautiful because of course you do the steps once about your addiction, mm-hmm. and then you can do them over about whatever you feel like you have a problem or a situation with, and it'll it. It'll never resolve. It'll just let you know where you're at so you can yes. be more aware. Correct. And you know? Well, it's like, yeah, because you're always changing. Always You're so changing. different than you're you were correct. five years ago, ten and years ago. And don't forget they're steps, not skips. Yeah. <laughs> and don't, don't, don't think that you're just going to jump around when you need to. No, no they're in order for not a reason. You, yeah, yeah, they're in order for a reason. Yeah. I'm going to give you a little analogy of like boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't go to the boxing gym and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go 12 rounds with Mike Wilson. You know, you just don't do that. Don't do that. You know, no, <laughs> you don't do that. So you got to start with the first step, the first round. Mm-hmm. And then you accumulate your rounds. All right, I just won steps. the second round. Can we just jump to the sixth? Right. <laughs> this and guy's going to kill me in the third. <laughs> and yeah. then and you, you got your corner man, which yeah. is your sponsor. He's the yeah. one that's telling you, hey, Rico, you, you know, you, your left hand's lower and you need to start using some angles. Um, you know, things like that that, that you don't really see. Right. You know, but um, that's it. You got Rico have puts your, it into a boxing yeah, analogy. Yeah, you, what? you, you got to have you got to have your manager. You got to have your sponsor. You got to. Isn't have that it guy. amazing how people um, makes such a big di- difference in your life? Like if you had met him, or if he didn't tell you to be the greeter, just those little things that really have huge impact on other people. Correct. Yeah, um, I love that. That was well said. The other part is 
bro, you're sponsor. You met an old white boy sponsor that you can't. He won't get rid of you now. You know no, what I'm saying? He's just no. right there for you for whatever, and he's been yeah. there. Like, what a cool way to be in this world of. And I'm gonna. It's you know we're living a racist world is what's going around, dude. And like you don't you don't you feel out of place, and then you see this white guy come up to you, and you go up to him, and you find something you like that's attracted about, and you're like, wait a minute, dude. What is changing about my thought process here? He's not just an old white guy. This guy wears tie dyes yeah, all, all the time. He's, he's, straight he's up, hippie, he's dude. Straight up hippie. Oh I, my god! I asked That's him. Hilarious. Hey, he used to drive this old box truck. Dude, I says he still got that truck. We go say he still drives it today. I bet you that thing's got four hundred thousand miles on that it. That is crazy, he's great, dude. And and I'm sure that took a lot of courage. Oh, for you time. to go up to someone like that well, and I'll say, hey, you. can I get some help? Well, well, when I first went up to him, I gave him my phone number. I'm like, hey, give me a call. <laughs> so it was like two weeks he didn't call me. So I was like, what's up? What happened? So I saw him at that meeting. He's all, well, Rico, that doesn't work that way. I'm your sponsor. You call me. I'm all, okay, I get it now. He's over there so, waiting by yeah, his phone. I'm like, yo, you know. <laughs> Never <laughs> been so desperate for a phone call. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? <laughs> oh, so, Rico. So, yeah, so you you, you got to call your sponsor. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. I love that. Um, And for his sponsor, if you hear this, Brandon Orr still remembers you. Still got love for you. <laughs> Let me talk to you a little bit about recovery and what it means to you. And we talk a little bit. Let's talk about the giving back portion, the selflessness of recovery that just instills in you and you just pour out every day like it's nothing. Right. What does giving, why is giving back so important to you, Rico? I love you, bro. I know. This, this is why we love Rico. I, I swear the first, wait, first, first it should be just video. say, like the first time that I met you and I heard everything you did and I'm, and I'm listening to everything, I was like, oh my God, I love you. I love everything you do. I love your heart. I love everything you're about and, and the way that you pour into the kids based on your experience. And if you hadn't gone through all that stuff, you wouldn't be have the most impact that you have now. And I'm like, God uses all that amazing Amen. stuff. Right. So yeah, I yeah. That's so we cool. we love you. Thank you. That's true. So thank you, Christy, I, I, for saying those beautiful things. Yeah, thank you again. Um it's just it's that void that I had in in, in inside yeah. me. And when I started giving that's when I started feeling whole. Yes. That there was a reason why I was giving. And and that fills me right now. And that's why I'm going to continue giving. And uh, it means a lot to me. It really, really does. Um, I'm not going to tell you that I get accepted everywhere I go. Oh, Rico, come over here. No. Door's close. <laughs> Door's close for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's okay. You know, maybe God knew what they were saying on the other side of that door. Yeah. And that's why it didn't open. Right. That's a great point. You know, so I just got to move on to the next door. If you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans for life. Right. You know, facts. Um, with, with the way you're so selfless and the way you just have compassion for people in general, I want to talk about the kids. Okay. I want to talk about why Rico decided, first off, Tell us about your nonprofit organization real okay. fast. Okay. Well, on the Yale Bike Builders was created. Okay, one more time, slower. Yeah, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I tried to say it fast and I can't. I've and seen I even know in the car trying to. Familia Unida. Unida. Like white girl in it. <laughs> so I'll tell you what it means right off the bat. Familia Unida means family united. So that's why we continued that name. It Thank came you. from a car club, and uh, which I'm a member of. And uh, we were seeing it, the. the the generation is older and we're like, who's going to start building these cars, these classic cars that we fall in love with? 
uh, because right. you know the technology is now it's new and everybody's doing these rice burners and different style cars. Drifters and yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, which is cool. You those are dope, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, we said, you know what? When we start getting these kids involved in what we're doing, and that's when I said, you know what? Let's start with the bikes, ding, which is ding. more affordable. Mm-hmm. And we started building bikes with the kids, and and then I had got an opportunity with Tom Cole, and I did four bike builds at his not at his uh, um, after school program. And after after that, it just it just hit. Uh, we were getting so many kids in the program. Uh, we've had over 166 kids in the program already. Wow. Um, we we've done everything from raising blankets to to uh, uh, doing a trick a trunk. We've done uh, like bike helmet giveaway. I mean, we've done so much cool stuff with the, with the kids in the community. How many bikes you think you've built and give away so far? Out of curiosity. Let's see. I mean, of course, we could do a rough estimate. Yeah, okay, happens. about 182. Wow. Um, no, 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 let me back <laughs> up because that was 182 in four months. Mm. Uh, when the Amina fire happened, uh, we, oh, were able yeah. To, yeah, we were able to team up with a gentleman named Dave uh, from Ben, Oregon, and he brought some bikes too. And what we did is we used the kids, uh, well, they wanted to, um, to fix these bikes and give them back to the, burn, mm. the victims that lost their, their, their homes and their bikes, et cetera. So we did that. We went to Talent, and we went to the Arbor House, and we gave out 186 bikes that wow. those two days, Friday and Saturday. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And these bikes that. are off the chain. It, I it, have so many pictures <laughs> of them. They are beautiful and shiny and sparkly in colors, and th- Thank they're you. amazing. Yeah. And, and where we got these bikes from? The the community donated them. Wow. The community donated their used. Yeah, they donated their bikes or used bikes, and we just fixed them. Whether it was oil changing the uh, uh, the tires or oiling the chain, etc. You know, simple things yeah. that the kids could do. Um, I think the whole theory behind this is to teach the kids um, they could become mentors themselves. Amen. Uh, why not start your house? Why not be, mentor your little brother, little little sister? And uh, I just honestly believe that uh, the mentoring is a key thing for this community. If we all just stepped up and helped the youngster out. Yeah, big brother him, bro. Yeah, big time. <sighs> there was so much in that, Rico. You yeah. just, I love your heart so much and I love where you're at with it. Um, you know, I had the pleasure of going and speaking at your shop over there off Dutton. And uh, when I went in, I was I was dumbfounded with how cool that place looked and, and like the tools and the bikes and the kids and the way they get busy. What is it about the kids? It, 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 that's where the turning point went for me when I went south. Ah. <laughs> so we're like a more of a prevention kind of program. Um, so we want to get them right when they're young is develop their, their mind is developing and get them involved in something good, something right. positive. Um, not all of us are, good at sports not all of us want to join band so we had to create something that the other kids of kids that you know like me that i learn with my hands mm-hmm. i have to see it i have to touch it and yep. that's how i build um so where where were these kids gonna you know where are they gonna go because right. they're not gonna get rid of the football team they're not gonna get rid of all the other fundies for that the first thing that goes is shop mm-hmm. unfortunately yeah get them turning wrenches wow. dude so that's what we did. He said, you know what? Let's, let's get these kids involved in what we're doing. And now we got grant, a huge grant to, to rebuild an El Camino. Wow. So the kids for the last seven months now have been working on this El Camino, mm-hmm. 1983 El Camino. So it's been, a, it's been a, a, just a privilege to be able to do this with the kids, um, just to see their, their, light, their eyes light up. 
because they're using grinders, they're using sanders, they're using all these tools that they mm. never thought that they could use. Um, there's air more, drills and oh, you, you yeah. bet, you bet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. What's an air drill? I, I don't even know what an air drill is. <laughs> you so, don't got to. Okay. I told the kids, "What do you guys think? Let's 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 work on a vehicle." And they're like, "Yeah, let's do something like that." And then, um, you know, because. When you're older and uh, the girlfriend doesn't want to ride on the handlebars no more, you got to step up your game. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you got to get that vehicle. You got to well, get that and it car. Gives, it, it pushes me to want to get those L's. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's get your license, bro. Yeah. So it's getting ready. Uh, we have probably another two weeks. Uh, and then we're going to take it down to get it primered. And then uh, we have a gentleman named Howard that's going to be painting it for Beautiful. the kids. That's wow. so freaking It is cool, so cool. Dude. Yeah. So we get, a, we get an auction off this car. Um, so you'll see it in Medford, um, about another two months, you'll see it. And it's going to be in a, a lot of car shows. Wow. Uh, we wanna, are you guys going to put it in the Medford Cruise? Yes, yes, yeah, we sure are. Mm. Uh, we're, uh, speaking of the Medford Cruise, they're so cool. Uh, Bill's just been a great guy. He's just a good friend of mine. And um, last year was the first time that we got to open the Medford Cruise with mm-hmm. the bicycles. Mm. Oh, That's what a great so awesome. honor for the kids to be able to do that. And just to, you know, cruise down the whole map that they they have uh, set out for us and uh it was a blast it was a real oh, blast that's awesome rico yeah I, I wish there was somebody like you when i was messing up when i was a kid bro yeah mm-hmm. for sure thank you you know i it takes me back a little bit i'm sorry but it takes me back a little bit because like I remember, you know, I was a kid, dude. I was a knucklehead too, just like you. And I did a lot of time in juvenile hall. Um, I spoke with Christy and Stephanie where I was out for 63 days for four and a half years, five years, something like that, dude. And not one time did somebody come in and say, hey, what are you interested in? Yeah. Hey, how can we change your thought process? Can you imagine? Instead, they stuck you in in the cell for 23 hours a day. And expected you to read the same book all week. Mm. Thank you, Rico, yeah. for stepping out and working with these children to build a better mm-hmm. generation, bro. Like, bottom of my heart, I freaking want to cry. Like, I, I really it's appreciate huge. that about you, man. Well, I, I, I'm just grateful that for the community letting us do this. Um, we, we actually were funded with just car shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, people would just donate money. We'd set up the bikes, and each bike that we built with the, with the certain kids from the certain school would put their school... Uh, a marshal their uh, mascot in front Aww. of the bike, and then they get they get the the, the people got to vote which which mm. one was the best one. Yeah, That's and uh, we were able to to show the trophy at. Um, at one of the assemblies with the kids mm. that were involved, oh, that's so, so awesome. you know, for them to so hold good. that trophy, yeah, um, as a group because it it was a group activity. Yeah, uh, they had to communicate, they had to talk to each other, right, right. Um, they had to get along, mm. and um, so being able to see that, oh man, that, that was so cool. You know, especially since you talked about being of ser- service, and that's how that's what filled your heart. You know, and it's like you are providing that for the kids before they even know that that that's something that they need. And, you know, it's such it's such a beautiful thing to try to get to them prior to anybody getting in trouble. They, yeah. they learn a natural trade that later on in life, they can make a career out of it. Yeah. And like you said, work together and feel really good about the things that they're doing because that's part of the problem with shame and going to prison and detention is that if you are doing 
bad stuff, then you don't feel good about yourself, even Correct. as kids. So now you're you're providing all of this good stuff for them. I love it. It's beautiful. I'm so emotional over here. I can't yeah. even freaking handle it right <laughs> now, lot. dude. Ugh. All of us are like, oh, this is this is <laughs> this. Well, it, it well it's it it is a lot, but it's so beautiful, and it's it's just a reminder that like. There are beautiful freaking people in this world, dude. Mm, yes. Not all not all of us turn out bad forever. You know, like I don't know how to say it. Like I don't know how to say. It. I just know that I'm so blessed that I get to be sitting in this room with you right now and talking with you about mm-hmm. this. And, like talking to you is bringing up my childhood emotions, you know what I mean? Like man, ugh, I just I I, I love and appreciate what you do right now. Mm-hmm. The the question I'm having and I'm super curious about all this because dude, you're super busy, bro. Yeah. Like yes, I, I can't believe you made it in time for this. Shoot, you were waiting for us on this. How do you balance a business, home life, and your freaking recovery at the same time? Um, the key word you said, balance. Um, I uh, just had a meeting with a gentleman um, that is, is a mentor for me. He said, Rico, no doesn't mean F you. It Ooh. just means no, that you're not available mm. at that time to commit to something. So that's so important to me because I'm like, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll People do it. People pleaser. He's yeah, never yo, said no I know a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to helping somebody out, I want to do it. Yeah, you bet. But there is yeah. the time. You know, I, right. I, I am a husband. I am a father. I'm a grandfather. And I own my own business. And, um, and I you got sponsees. And I got sponsees. And we and know those are a handful. And a nonprofit. And, and, and a nonprofit. And I run two shops. Wow. Uh, one oh, in Eagle God. Point, one in Medford. And you get uh, ready to do a boxing one? Yeah, um, yeah, we teamed up with uh, um, Alex Ibarra. Uh, we were just uh, Tanner. I can say names, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Well, yeah. Shout out to Tanner who painted the shop for us. I mean, uh, it, it, again, it takes the community to, to to build something like we're doing right now, right? <laughs> and it's so great because it was just a god shot. Honestly, um, it literally is right across from from the, the from our shop from the shop, right? Wow. Um, and That's he was cool. already looking. He was looking. He kept talking to me. He said, "Hey, Rico, I want to do this. I want to do what you're doing. I want to help the kids. I want to help the community." And no lie, not even a day later, uh, our landlord calls to say, "Hey, Rico, I got the shop available. Um, you interested?" Made that call and made it happen just like that. Wow. That's um, amazing. So yeah, really good people. Um, they even. Like you know what we like what you guys are doing. We show we see what you do, Rico. Let's welcome him, and they freaking cut that rent in half. Wow! And I was like, wow! Isn't that amazing? It, so, so you uh, you always a yes to everybody. Although now you're gonna start to say, yeah, say no a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But I'm wondering, is it hard for you to ask for help? Yes and no. I'm um, obviously I'm one of those hands on. I want to do it. And, I get uh, it. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, and I at, and I can't. I can't be that person anymore. Um, I do have excellent uh, volunteers. I do have uh, an actual um, what do you call them? A board that runs the program. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets vote. Everything gets voted, um, and I'm so thankful for them because they look out for me. That's They're like no, Rico, right. you cannot do that. <laughs> so I'm like okay, and wow. I listen. Right. I love that. Beautiful. I love that. So with 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 all of that, right, you have like these 26,000 things you've got going on between I don't know what time you wake up and what time you go to bed. <laughs> with all of that, what inspires you to do all of that? What inspires you to drive you into recovery? What inspires you to do these nonprofits? Like what is your inspiration to be Rico well, today? My foundation is my higher power. Amen. Mm. Without him I can't. I can't do anything. Period. 
Um, so I put him first. Perfect. And then everything else falls in place. Right. So I have to give him the glory and um, pray about everything that I am doing and wait for that answer. No, it's not going to come in five minutes, Rico. It's not going to come <laughs> tomorrow. Huh? Um, it'll come there when you're ready for it, when he tells me I'm ready for it. Wow. Whether we like it or not. Right. <laughs> It's so true. It right? really is. It is. I appreciate it. that. Was beautiful. And like you were ready for that answer. I just want yeah. you were ready <laughs> before I got out. This is my foundation. My higher power. Oh my bad. So <laughs> what, Rico? You ready for this? Yes. Rico Gutierrez, what is your proudest moment? Honestly, my kids. Okay. When they were born, oh man, that changed me. Yeah, yeah, it changed me big time. I got a 23 year old and a 21 year old. You only I, look 23. Got, got. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you talking? Yeah, I was I was young. I was young when I got married. I was 19. Uh, she was also affiliated, so we thought we'd have some gang banging babies and run the, <laughs> run the neighborhood. <laughs> no. Oh, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> so, <gang banging> <laughs> uh, but obviously, you know. With her help too, I was able to change who I am, and uh, very, very, uh, very proud. Very proud right. to be a husband. Very proud to be a, a father. Well, we're proud of you all yeah. in general, and I really appreciate that because when you meet Rico, ladies and gentlemen, like you're not going to get a stranger. You're going to yeah. feel like you've known him for a long time. You're going to. He's going to. He's going to allow you to feel that too. He does have a wishy-washy side. He protects himself, and I watch that, and that's something I really like. I'm proud of you, too, because you know how to keep your boundaries up. You know how to keep your walls up to be safe, but at the same time, you're willing to pull down your walls to help somebody else, and that's what I love the most, Rico. I appreciate that about you. Thank you for saying that. I really want to say thank you for being here with us today. Um, It really meant the world for us for you to take time out of your 27 things you do every single day to come do this one thing with us and let us share your story and let the world hear about how amazing you are, what you've done, and what you're about to do. I'm grateful that you guys are welcoming me. Um, Yeah, I screwed up a lot, but I'm a different person. You know, I learn. And that's the most important thing that I could tell somebody. Learn. Learn from your mistakes. That's right. And and uh, believe believe in yourself, believe in that love, and live loud, mm. out. And you are loud. so easy to love. I swear you are. Yeah, and thank you. The the things that you are doing now, um, you would have probably never imagined back in the day when you were twenty, getting ready to join the gangs. And it's mm. like it's such a big lesson for all of us that have gone through hard things, and the and for people that are watching people going through hard things and judging them to say, hey, there's always hope. And in fact, those are the people that are probably going to be the most closest to solution and kick some butt and do some big things because of their own experience. So thank you so much for that. That was well said. Another beautiful is like people like us, we get our hearts hardened pretty quick. Yeah. So it's a blessing to watch you have a soft heart and come Mm. through this community and walk alongside all of us because there's not many people like us, Rico. So keep it going, bro. I really appreciate you guys. We love you. All right, you guys. It looks like that's about going to wrap it up. Stephanie, you want to end with some stuff and some things? Of course I do. Why not? I've been kind of sitting over here. You've been crying. a little quiet I've over there. <laughs> little laughing, tears. It's crying. been fun to watch Stephanie over here with this smile from ear to ear. Brandon, the little Brandon stories always make me cry. <laughs> and then I'm sitting directly across from Rico. and Who's got just, a powerful one, too. Yeah. Right. Well, our hearts are so much the same. Like, yeah. um interesting for me because I I heard part of your story just now that I hadn't heard before and our 
lives parallel. It's just this weird thing. So when you were talking about the gang task force, I was I was admin support for the gang task force. Mm. You're welcome. <laughs> and I remember this um, because I remember sitting at that table and people around the table um, were saying, do we have a gang problem in Southern Oregon? And the police were saying, yes, we do. And if we don't take care of it, it's going to be a bigger gang problem. And so when you mentioned that, I was just like taken back to the fact wow. that, oh, wow, I was sitting at that table when that committee was formed. And um, the, you know, just interesting part of our history here of mm. things that have come to be and yeah so and i i know we have gang issues in or in medford obviously a lot of communities do but i do appreciate you know the 20-year career that i had to be a a part of that and to hear you talk about the other side it's just interesting for me so uh thank you for everything you do for our organization Um, being part of your lives yeah rico uh, has an amazing heart and uh, we're gonna do some great things together (laughs) better watch out y'all yeah (laughs) This is just the beginning. This is the beginning. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for keeping, like, open hearts and minds. Like, we uh, really love the following that we have and every one of you who tunes in and listens every week or every month, I should say, to to what we have. And sorry we missed last month. A lot going on with sickness and things. But uh, we are back. Yeah. Going strong in 2022. So thank yes, you, Brandon. Thank you, Christy. Mm-hmm. And thank Our you, Rico. Pleasure. I love you all. So you guys remember, like, share, comment, rate, get this out there. Live your recovery out loud. We love you guys to death. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good night. Peace out. Pasi no mas. <laughs>